Good morning. It's a great morning, isn't it, to be together. I want to thank all of you for being here. A few minutes ago, you guys got to see some really neat pictures of Lucius Stanley. The only thing better than those really neat pictures is to see Lucius in person. And he is here, and he brought his mom and dad, Nathan and Teresa, with him. They're right over here, if you guys would also honor them this morning as well. Thank you, guys. Also want to remind you that after services, we will have a potluck meal over in the gym. I want to encourage everybody to stay and be a part of that. Even if you didn't bring any food, trust that the, a lot of other people here brought a whole bunch of food, and there will be plenty for everybody. So please make your way over to the gym afterwards. I do ask one thing as we're uh, doing that meal is if you would honor our families with babies and kind of shepherd them to the front of the line. Let them have first pick of the good food that's there, and then we'll come along behind and we'll eat all the good food that's left over. But if you do that, that would be great. Let's pray together. Father, this is uh, truly a, a wonderful day. Father, we just thank you for bringing new life into our congregation. Father, we thank you for these families who have taken on the, the wonderful challenge of raising up children in your word and in your way so that they'll follow the path. And Father, I just pray that you will help us to not only be equipped, but help us to be equippers. Help us to help these families to equip their children to stay on the path, to know you, Father, to love you, to honor you, to worship you. Father, help us be a family that can truly look back at this time as one step towards a life of faithful servant for, service for these children. Father, we look forward to seeing that, and we bless your name because of it. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So we have been celebrating our new babies and their families today, and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to also continue to talk about our 2016 theme. That theme is equipped to serve. We're going to spend a few minutes considering today how we can equip our children Interesting, the scripture that was just read talks about the symbols of God's word, about wearing symbols, tying them on the forehead and having them around your hands, uh, putting them on the, the doorpost of your home. One of the things that you'll be able to do today is we have some symbols of our theme, uh, some simple bands. All they say on it is equipped to serve, and then they have Ephesians 4.12 written on them. I'd encourage you to take one of these bands and wear that band throughout the year as a reminder to you. And also a reminder to other people that you have committed yourself to being equipped to serve and also to equipping others to serve. You'll be able to find these bands in three beautiful different colors, three different sizes, I believe, also, um, over at the potluck afterwards. So please help yourself to those, and thanks to Zane for making that happen. We appreciate it very much. If you were here last week, you'll know that we kicked off our Project 6K Project 6K. It's a Bible reading challenge. It's a challenge that recognizes that being immersed in God's word is the beginning point of being equipped as God's servants. I think we all know from experience that one of the common problems with these kind of challenges that often come at the beginning of the year, one of the common problems that we see is they often start off with a lot of enthusiasm. They kind of start off with a bang, with a lot of attention. And then what happens as time goes on? Kind of forget about them. They kind of get set aside. And at the end of the year, usually we can't even remember what those challenges were. And I want you to know we are determined to make sure that that doesn't happen with this challenge. 
That's why we haven't simply issued a challenge for people to read their Bibles throughout the year. That's why we have given the challenge a name. That's why we're calling it Project 6K. That's why we're going to record and why we're going to track and why we're going to celebrate our progress toward reading 6,000 books of the Bible in 2016. We're doing that because we intend to start this challenge strongly. We intend to remain strong throughout the challenge. And we intend to finish strong with this challenge. So I really want to once more encourage all of you to participate in the Project 6K Bible Reading Challenge. Participate in some way. And don't just read, but also participate by giving us your information, helping us track our progress as a body towards our goal. Let's quickly review those goals. Our big goal as a body is to read how many books of the Bible in 2016? How many books of the Bible? 6,000 books of the Bible in 2016. And we said that one way that we can reach that goal is if at least 50 of us will commit to reading the entire Bible during this coming year, all 66 books. And then if another 100 of us will commit to reading the entire New Testament, all 27 books in the coming year. That's one way that we can get there. So I want to kind of give you an update on how we were doing kind of what the numbers look like now. How are we progressing toward our 6K goal, our 6,000 books read in 2016? Well, since last week, I've heard from 48 of you who have committed to reading the entire Bible in the coming year. 48, that's a good number. I've also heard from another 22 of you who have committed to reading the New Testament in 2016. And also, what's been reported to me, we as a body have read 216 books of the Bible so far in 2016. That's great progress. It's a great start. Gives me confidence that we're going to do this, that we're going to reach our goal. And I also have confidence that we're going to reach our goal because I know those numbers are very incomplete. I know some of you have committed to reading the Bible either all the way through or the New Testament or various parts of it, and you haven't let us know yet, but I know you will. Uh, So I have confidence because of that. I also know that many of you have been reading in your Bibles and you've completed books of the Bible, and you haven't yet reported those, and I know you will. So I know that these numbers are incomplete and they don't give the full picture of where we are right now. But I do want to encourage you, if you have not committed to commit now, Not only commit to the challenge, but let us know that you have committed. I want to encourage you to not only read your Bible, but to let us know that you are reading your Bible. Reporting your progress is really simple. We're going to pull up some screenshots again. You can go to our website, netherwoodpark.com, and you'll go to the homepage at netherwoodpark.com. You'll put your cursor over Bible reading plan at the very top. What will pop down is Bible Reading Challenge. If you'll click on that, on Bible Reading Challenge, it will bring you up to a screen that looks exactly like this. And there you just need to answer a few simple questions on this screen. First question that you'll need to answer is, did you read the Bible this week? Answer yes or no. What part of the Bible are you reading? You have three choices, Old Testament, New Testament, or the entire Bible, if you'd answer that. Third question, how many books have you read since you last reported to enter that number of books and then submit your name hit the submit button and you're done that's all there is to it i also know some of you probably don't really want to report online 
Uh, maybe you're not able to report online because you don't have internet access. I want you to know that there's other ways that you can report your progress. And you can do that with your attendance cards. These yellow cards that many of us fill out every week. Uh, if you would fill that out every week and at the bottom, if you just write the number of books that you read since the last time you reported, we'll record that way as well uh, so that we can continue to keep progress uh, recorded towards our goal. I also want to say that if you have accepted the challenge, if you are reading through your Bible and you haven't let us know, you can let us know today as well. You could take one of these uh, cards, yellow cards right now, and on it write your name and write on there, I've accepted the challenge or I'm in or just write New Testament or write all the Bible, whatever you want to write on there and drop it in our prayer collection box and we'll add you to the number of people who have made the commitment. So please, either online or give me a call or fill out a card, please commit and please participate in our Project 6K Challenge. Let me end this part by saying, may God richly bless us as we immerse ourselves in his word so that we can be equipped as his servants. Let me also say, may God richly bless us as we immerse our children in his word so they too may be equipped to serve him throughout their lives. Isn't it a blessing to have children as a part of our body? Isn't that a a blessing? Can you imagine how discouraging it would be to be a part of a church body where there were no children? If you didn't have those sights and sounds of excitement and new life in the body. Because that would be a body that was not growing. That would be a body that is dying. So thank God we have young life in our midst. Let me also say this. Isn't it a challenge to have children as a part of our body? It is, isn't it? It's a heavy responsibility to have children as a part of our body. It's a heavy load being entrusted with the responsibility of raising up our children to know and to love and to honor and to obey and to serve their God. It's a heavy responsibility that I know our parents feel. It's a heavy responsibility that I know grandparents feel. It's a heavy responsibility that every person in this body should feel, feel for our children. I think we're probably all familiar with this proverb. It says, train up your children in the way they should go, or phrased differently, equip your children properly, and even when they are old, they will not depart from the way. It's a familiar proverb. It's a proverb that gives voice to a very important truth. It's the truth that the earliest years of our children's lives are vital in determining who they will become. The earliest years of our children's lives are crucial in determining who or what they're going to follow. They're crucial years in determining who or what our children are going to serve. It's a proverb that reminds all of us that what we do in the earliest years of our children's lives, our actions, our words, the things that we do in the earliest years of our children's lives are vital in determining who our children will become. It reminds us that what we do and say in the earliest years of our children's lives, what we do and say are crucial in determining what and who 
our children are going to become and what and who they're going to follow and what and who they're going to serve. It's a heavy responsibility. It's a heavy burden. And I think we especially feel this burden because whether we really want to admit it or not, we know that many of our children are departing from the way that they should go. We can't deny what our eyes have seen. Many of our children, when they are no longer children, they no longer follow and serve God. Too frequently they depart from the way that they should go. So the question that I want to pose for us this morning is, how do we equip our children to follow God's path? How do we equip our children to follow the way they should go? How do we train up our children in the way they should go? That's obviously a very complicated question, and it has a lot of complex answers. But I think the beginning point of all the answers to that complicated question, I think the beginning point is really fairly simple. And I think it's found in today's text. I think it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Listen again. It says, Hear, O Israel. He says, Pay attention. This is important. Hear, O Israel. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today must be on your hearts. You must impress them on your children. You must diligently teach them to your children and talk about them repeatedly as you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you go to bed at night and when you get up in the morning. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. How do we equip our children to follow God's path? Well, interestingly enough, the answer doesn't begin with the children. It begins with the parents. It begins with the grandparents. It begins with all of the adults that surround our children in this body. The answer doesn't begin with our children who need equipping. Instead, the answer begins with the equippers, those who are to do the equipping. You see, the best predictor of what our children are going to be like when they are old is by looking at what the old people who are equipping them are like now. That's the best predictor there is. How do we equip our children to be devoted to God when they are old? The answer is found in our devotion to our God. See, to be equipped, our children's equippers must be devoted to God above all else. Not devoted to our children above all else, but devoted to our God above all else. See, if we want our children, when they are old, to love God with all of their hearts, they must be surrounded by people who love God with all of their hearts. If we want our children, when they are old, to love God with all of their souls, they must be surrounded by people who love God with all of their souls. If we want children, when they are old, to love God with all of their strength, they must be surrounded by people who love God with all of their strength. So how do we raise up? How do we equip our children to be devoted to God? Well, we start by being devoted to God ourselves. 
And I think that our devotion to God will show itself, it'll demonstrate itself in our devotion to his word. See, if we're going to equip our children to follow God's path, we, those who are doing the equippers, we as the equippers must be immersed in God's word. God's word must be on our hearts. It has to be a part of who we are. It has to guide and inform and direct our actions and our thoughts and our words. And God's words must be on our lips. God's word must be part of our language. It must season every word that comes out of our mouths. And God's word must be at the very forefront of our lives. In our text that we read in Deuteronomy, there's some really kind of fascinating imagery that's used there. Moses says that you should tie God's word as symbols on your hands and bind his word on your foreheads. What he's literally saying is put God's word right between your eyes. He's saying put God's word where you can't miss it. Put it where you can't ignore it. Put it where it's always in sight. Put it right between your eyes. And that's how we can know that we are immersed in God's words. It's on our hearts, it's on our lips, and it's right between our eyes. How do we equip children to follow God's path? Well, it begins with the equippers. It begins with devoted adults. Devoted adults are the ones who are able to equip children to be devoted Adults who are immersed in God's word are able to equip God's children to be immersed in the word. See, adults who follow God's path are in a position to equip children to follow God's path. Adults, all of us old people, I want you to understand it begins with us. Our children follow our path. So we need to constantly examine ourselves. We need to examine our hearts. We need to listen to our lips. We need to observe what's between our eyes. And we need to always be asking ourselves, what path are we on? And if we're on some other path than God's path, we shouldn't expect our children to be able to find God's path without us equipping them. See, it's when we are on God's path that we are equipped to be the equippers of our children. When we're immersed in God's word, we're then equipped to immerse our children in God's word. And to equip our children to follow God's path, we must immerse our children in God's word. We must immerse our children in God's word. And again, I think our text today from Deuteronomy tells us exactly how we do that. When we're at home, when we're on the road, wherever we are, the text tells us, from the time we wake up until the time we drift off, off to sleep, in our lives, God's word is always present. His words are spoken again and again. We repeat God's word. We talk about his mighty deeds. We remind ourselves of his promises. And we also remind ourselves of his warnings. God's word is always present. But we don't just equip with stories and equip with words. We also immerse our children in God's words by applying 
his word. We bring his word to bear as we live our lives with our children. We give God the glory. We give God the praise. We recognize his power all around us. We see his work in the world around us and we see evidence of his wisdom as we live our lives. We don't just equip with words and stories. We immerse our children by applying his word in our lives. And as we do that, we impress on our children. We impress on our children that God's word is living. It's active. It's breathing. And it's vital to who we are and it's vital to how we live our lives. See, we have to diligently and consistently and frequently and seriously teach God's word to our children. And we inject God's word into our lives. And we inject God's word into the lives of our children. And we do that by placing God's word exactly where it belongs. Right between our eyes. At the forefront of our lives. We put God's word where it can't be missed, where it can't be ignored, where it must be seen. And we also have to remember we can't wait to do that. We have to repeat and impress and teach and inject God's word into our children. We have to immerse our children in God's word from the very beginning of their lives, from their very first breaths. We have to start from the very beginning. See, we must equip our children so even when they are old, they won't depart from the way. They won't depart from the way they should go. So I'm going to end our time together by first talking to our families here who have children. I'm going to talk to you about something that's very personal. I'm going to ask what may be a very uncomfortable question. But these aren't questions just for our families, just for our parents who have children at home. They're also questions for our family, for our entire family, for the body here at Netherwood Park. Because we need to keep in mind that these children are also our children. So families, and also church family, let me first ask this question. What do you do while you're sitting at home? How is that time spent in your household? Maybe more pointedly, let me ask, to what is your time devoted? Are you devoted to God and devoted to his word? Or do you look around and recognize that you and your family are devoted to many different things, maybe many various screens that are in many various hands, illuminating many various faces? Let me ask a couple of other related questions. How are your children being equipped? And related to that, and by what are your children being equipped? How and by what? Those are important questions because make no mistake about it, our children are being equipped. They're being equipped in some way by something. Our children are being trained up in some way. And whatever that way is that they're being trained up in, that they're being equipped to follow, whatever path they're being steered to, even when they're old, They will not depart from it. Let me say this. God's way, 
the way our children should go, the path they should take, likely isn't going to be found on a phone or on a computer screen or in a television show or on a video game. Oh, make no mistake, there are plenty of paths to be found in all those different places. There are ways to go to be found in all of those different places. But almost without exception, they are not the way our children should go. Because they're not God's way. God's way is found in God's word. So I want to call our families back to God's word. I want to call the equippers back to God's word. Parents, grandparents, and adults, I want to call you back to God's word and say, if you aren't immersed in God's word, you need to be. You need to be for your sake and for the sake of our children. If you haven't committed to immersing yourself in God's word this year, let me encourage you to do that because you should for your sake and for the sake of our children. Do it so God's word will be on your heart. It'll be on your lips, and it'll be right between your eyes. But secondly, I want to call on all of our equippers to start equipping. We're being equipped for a purpose, and one of the reasons we're being equipped is so that we can equip others, and I want us to start equipping our children. So families with children at home, listen up. This is important. See, I want to challenge you. While you and your family are sitting at home, I want to challenge you to make that time a different time than maybe it is right now. I want you to make that time of a time of equipping, a time of immersing your children in God's word. So this morning, we're going to issue an additional 6K challenge. We're calling this the Family 6K Challenge. See, our challenge as a body in 2016, I challenge us to engage in at least 6,000 family Bible reading or family devotional or family Bible study sessions during 2016. 6,000 different Bible devotionals, Bible readings, Bible studies done as a family in 2016. What I'm doing is I'm challenging you to equip your children in the way they should go by engaging in regular and frequent and accountable family Bible time during 2016. And I want to make sure that we stay accountable. So I'm going to ask you to tell us what your family is doing to equip your children in the way they should go. I'm going to ask you to report every week about how often your family has had Bible time together. 6,000 family devotionals, 6,000 family Bible reading times, 6,000 family Bible study times in 2016. How do you let us know about that? Well, it's really very simple. It's really very simple. You'll go to the Family 6K Challenge that we talked about before, and right below the Bible reading challenge on our website, you're going to find another site on there, another place. At the top it says Family 6K. It looks just like that screen that you can see behind me. There's just a couple of questions to ask to answer there. First question is, did you engage in family devotional Bible reading this week? Pretty simple, either yes or no. And then answer the second question, how many days did you engage in family devotionals slash Bible reading since you last reported? Just enter that number, enter your family name, click submit, and you're done. 
We'll be able to hold each other accountable to having regular and consistent and frequent equipping time, Bible immersion, immersion time with our families throughout 2016. And if you'll do that, we'll track it and we'll record it and we'll celebrate the fact that our children are being equipped in the way they should go. Being equipped in the way that they should go so even when they're old, they will not depart from the way. Netherwood family, let's be equipped by the word. And let's equip our children with the word and let's serve our God together as an equipped body of Christ. And may it never be said that this body did not love its God with all of its heart and with all of its soul and with all of its strength. And finally, just let me say, if you're here today and you're not part of the Lord's body, I've said it before and I will say it again, you need the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs you. Or if you're here today and you have drifted away from the body of Christ, the same thing applies to you. You need the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs you. What we'd like to do is we'd like to help you become a part of that body. Or we'd like to help you come back to that body. We want to help you be a part of this body of Christ because you need us and we need you. So we're going to stand up and we're going to sing an invitation song. If you need help in any way, we encourage you to do one of two things. One is come to the front and let us know that you want to be a part of the body of Christ or you want to come back to the body of Christ. Or if you're more comfortable doing that in a more private way, you can make your way to the back, ask for directions to our library. And there you'll find one of our elders and his wife. Trust me, they would love nothing more than to talk to you about becoming a part of the body of Christ. Whatever your needs are, won't you let us know so that we can help while we stand and we sing this song.